With you. And also with you, a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. On one occasion, when Jesus was going to the house of a leader of the Pharisees to eat a meal on the Sabbath, they were watching him closely. When he noticed how the guests chose the places of honor, he told them a parable. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not sit down at the place of honor, in case someone more distinguished than you has been invited by your by your host and the host who invited both of you may come and say to you give this person your place and then in disgrace you would start to take the lowest place but when you are invited go and sit down at the lowest place so that when your host comes he may say to you friend move up higher then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you for all who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. He said also to the one who had invited him, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your, or your relatives or rich neighbors in case they may invite you in return and you would be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame and the blind and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. The true gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise the, the Lord, Lord, the word, the light. light. Okay, be seated, please. Still having printer problems. I can't figure it out. This is what our program printed out like. This is like a quarter of it's what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be a nice big page. So we're all kind of looking like this, trying to read it. 
But you know what? It's better than nothing. That's all I can say. I tried. I really, I fought with this thing all night. I can't believe you read that without your glasses. Because I'm nearsighted. That's why. So. We're blessed to have these. We are. Look. I'm doing the best I can, guys, and I, I'll try and have it done by next week. I know it's I know it's annoying and it annoys me as well because I'm using a brand new printer and it's already given us this kind of grief. Okay. okay. So we'll get there. Yes, I think they're cute little prayer booklets. They're just type was a little bigger. So I say good afternoon to you. The way of grace is clearly different in how we think of ourselves, and how we treat others, and how we are rewarded. Our gospel lesson for this this Sunday is Luke 14, chapter one, excuse me, chapter 14, verse one and seven through 14. Now Jesus often Jesus often taught using parables. In fact, Mark tells us in his gospel that Jesus did not say anything to the people without using a parable. Once Matthew writes, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, "Why do you speak to the people in parables?" He replied, "The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Whoever." Has will be given. Whoever has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have even what he has been take has. Excuse me. Whoever does not have even what he has will be taken from him. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing they do not see, though hearing they do not hear or understand, in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing but never understanding. You will be ever seeing but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts and turn and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. So Jesus not only expected but in some cases intended that the Pharisees and all the people that opposed him and his message would not understand what he meant when he used a parable. Certain things that he had to say were only for the ears and hearts of believers. They would have been wasted on the enemies. But this time, at this prominent Pharisee's Sabbath dinner, Jesus spoke in parables that even the most self-righteous and hostile Pharisee would understand. There may not have been any believers in the house that day, but anyone who heard would have understood. Which means that I probably don't have to tell to work very hard to explain the meaning of the two parables Jesus spoke in our gospel today. Even with 2,000 years and a different cultural context separating us from Jesus' audience, you can likely relate to how certain people have too high of an opinion of themselves. And you can imagine the intense embarrassment someone would feel to be escorted before everyone else's eyes from the place of greatest honor down to the place of least honor. And you yourself probably know people who pretty much only go out of their way or do nice things for people who can do something for them. Just think of the number of guest lists for weddings that have been determined by the size of the gifts that people invited might bring. And since the meaning of what Jesus had to say at this Sabbath dinner was quite clear and vividly illustrated, the point Jesus was making was also clear. Jesus was not really that concerned about telling dinner guests where to sit or host whom to invite. What he really wanted to get through everyone's heads and and their hearts was that the way they believed, the way they thought and acted was, was not God's way. It wasn't, and it isn't, the way truly righteous people behave. 
because Christians are not concerned with self-promotion and self-glorification. Christ's way is clearly different, and Jesus wanted these Pharisees, and everyone really, to look to God's grace instead of their own interests. Now, to many people, grace isn't much more than just a word. They're aware that it has some kind of religious meaning, but they're not exactly sure what. They just know that Christians think grace is amazing. From the song. Oh. Amazing grace. Thank you. The better informed in our society will recognize that grace has something to do with salvation, with how or why people get to heaven, but that's often about the extent of their knowledge of grace. So, what is grace? Grace is God's undeserved love for undeserving sinners. Grace is God's undeserved love for under, undeserving sinners. Now, if I assume that every one of us here today knows that, well, even for us, there might be some trouble making the connection. What does grace have to do with how we think and live? That's a good question. Jesus probably would have been happy if one of the Pharisees had asked him that, but they didn't. He showed them anyway. He showed them the connection between the love of God and Christian humility. You see, a Christian has a completely different idea of self-worth. Most of the world finds, this, finds self-worth in what one does or has done, a doctor, a parent, an athlete, a president, a hero. What one is, race, class, height, beauty, brains, or they find their worth in how one is honored by other people, salary, rank, privilege, awards, influence. But the Christian knows God's law and realizes that what he has done and keeps on doing is sin. He breaks every one of his creator's commands in one way or another and keeps on doing it because his sinful nature always wants to go the opposite way from what God wants. And the Christian knows that while he is a sinner just like every other human being on the planet, he understands that he is desperately in need of forgiveness and absolutely unable to save himself. And anyone who follows the way of grace understands that we do not deserve any honor from God because our sin and rebellion merit us only death and hell. Understanding and accepting these things does a pretty good job of humbling a person. It's hard to think too highly of yourself when you know you're scum. But that's really not what makes it possible for a Christian to think and act the way Jesus encourages us here. What makes the difference is God's grace. We realize that despite our natural unworthiness, God loves us. Amen. In fact, we meant so much to him that he sacrificed his own son, sending him to suffer and die on the cross to take away each and every one of our sins for each and every one of us. If we matter that much to God, and we do, all people do, then human ideas of status and honor fade into, into, into insignificance. I mean, who cares about the best seat at a wedding reception when you're already a guest of honor at Christ's never-ending and glorious feast in heaven? Grace also teaches Christians who have been given Christ's perfection to put others first, the same way Jesus did. We are not only recipients of God's love by faith. We are also its distributors. And so we 
love our neighbors without regard for who or what they are or aren't. And I suppose I should also add that we love our fellow Christians, spouses, and siblings the same way. Even when everything your brother does rubs you the wrong direction and you're convinced he does not does it on purpose, even then, even then you love him because that's how God loves you. God's grace radically changes the way a Christian thinks and behaves. This is, this is not at all the way the world does things, although there are other hints in this world that help show that this is God's way. And when I was a kid, I loved going to the zoo, and one memory that was always stuck with me was going to the aviary, which has a large variety of birds from all over the world. And one of the beautiful things about the aviary at the zoo is not just seeing the birds, but listening to their beautiful songs. There's nothing quite like standing there, transfixed by the joyful melodies of eagles and emus, penguins and peacocks and pelicans, flamingos and vultures. Well, let's see if anybody catches on. I'm getting some blank stares now. You see, everybody knows that birds like that don't sing. It's not the big ones. It's not the ones that draw everybody's attention. In fact, it's the smallest birds, the ones you might not even know were there, if not for their voices, that sing the sweetest melodies. That's right. In the same way, the sweetest music in the world comes from Christians who consider themselves small and humble themselves before others and the Lord because they know their true worth. They know their worth to others and to the Lord, and so their lives and words are music to his ears. And such humility is not without earthly rewards either. As Jesus' parable indicates, when you humble yourself, you allow others to lift you up. And they actually lift you up higher than you would have lifted yourself. Think about it. Isn't a promotion or award uh, given to you by your boss for your work well done so much better than one you fought and schemed and bargained for? And, and the kids, aren't they happier when more successful with, uh, and more successful with privileges their parents give them because they believe they are ready rather than, uh, than uh, uh, excuse me, they believe they are ready uh, rather than being with the kids insist they ought to uh, have just because you're a certain age or because your friends have them or simply because you want them. Everyone who exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted. You've all no doubt seen the kids in the parking lot of a major road holding signs, pointing you to a free car wash, right? And one thing I found about these free car washes is that the car wash isn't really free. The whole idea is that they'll wash your car and you'll feel so appreciative or simply obligated that you'll make a donation to whatever cause they're promoting and perhaps even paying more than you would have paid for a professional car wash. Now, I'm not trying to judge or blame the cheerleader or the soccer team or whoever they were, but... That's a good illustration of what Jesus was speaking against in his second parable here. Doing something good for someone with the expectation of getting something good in return. The way of grace is different. Jesus encourages us to do good for those who cannot repay us in kind, whether it's feeding the hungry, clothing the poor, or helping the handicapped. This is not easy. Our world has, has us pretty well conditioned to not do anything for nothing. And our sinful nature doesn't like wasted effort or helping people who can't help us. Once again, God's grace makes the difference in our hearts. Because that's exactly the way God's love works, isn't it? 
Think of all the things he has given, gives, and will give not only to you, but to everyone on earth. Physically, we have sun and rain and food and shelter and clothing and countless tangible things. But spiritually, we have the forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation in Jesus Christ, the Word of God, and the sacraments. Has the Lord given us any of those things, expecting to be repaid for them in any way? Of course not. And that, again, is God's grace at work. Christians have that same love at work in their lives, and I probably don't have to tell you how to show it, because the opportunities to do so fill your life and are unique to each one of you. Maybe it's donating to a charity. Maybe it's inviting the unpopular girl to your birthday party. Perhaps it's finally actually responding to that homeless guy on the street near work. Maybe it's offering a, a job to a single parent without references. You know, and, and if you pray about it, if you pray about it, God will open up more and more opportunities to be like him in giving to those who can't give back to you. But you will get something back. Jesus says here that we will be blessed for the love we show and give, into, and give to others. Even though we are not owed anything whatsoever, we know that we will ultimately be able to claim our place in heaven for eternity. Which means, of course, that we can't see our rewards in the here and now when we do things. That's okay. Because we can still be confident that they're infinitely greater than anything we could gain here on earth. Now there's a story told that years ago, late on a stormy night in Philadelphia, an elderly couple walked wearily into a hotel. They approached the night clerk at the desk and, and practically begged him for a room. Apparently, there were three conventions in town and every hotel was filled to capacity. Are there any rooms left anywhere? The old man inquired. I'm sorry, all of our rooms are taken, the clerk said. But I can't send a nice couple like you out into the street and in the rain at one o'clock in the morning. Would you perhaps be willing to sleep in my room? You may not be what you're used to, but It'll be good enough to make you folks comfortable for the night. When the couple declined, the young man pressed it. Don't worry about me. I'll be just fine, the clerk said. Just take my room. So the couple agreed. As he paid the bill the next morning, the older man said to the clerk, You know, you're the kind of man who should be the boss of the best hotel in the United States. Maybe someday I'll build one for you. The clerk didn't think much about that, and two years passed. The clerk had almost forgotten the incident when he received a letter from the old man. It recalled that stormy night and enclosed a round-trip ticket to New York, asking the young man to pay them a visit. The old man met him in New York and led him to the corner of 5th Avenue and 34th Street. Any other in New York? Well, at the corner of 5th Avenue and 34th Street, he pointed to a great new building there, a palace of reddish stone with turrets and watchtowers thrusting up to the sky. That, said the older man, is the hotel I have just built for you to manage. You must be joking, the young man said. I can assure you that I'm not, said the older man with a sly smile. The old man's name was William Waldorf Astor. And the magnificent structure was the original Waldorf Astoria Hotel. Now you see, when we are men and women for others, when we give without worrying about being repaid, we usually can't predict the rewards of our kindness could bring. But Jesus guarantees they will be repaid in countless blessings, including that ultimate gift of everlasting life. And that's where the great way of grace leads us. 
heaven. That's where we belong. And even though we're strangers and aliens in this world, we still live as citizens of heaven. We know our true worth. We know our place and our purpose. And so we live with humility toward ourselves and love for others. Because we live by what we have been saved by. The amazing grace of God. Amen indeed. Good. I like to hear that. It absolutely does. And it does. But you can't expect it. Look, I don't. When, when you give, and that's what you're saying, folks. We talk about being men and women for others, right? We talk about that all the time, being men and women for others. The other part of that is being men and women for others, not, that means everything. You don't want anything in return. You're not asking for anything in return. Now, what I will tell you is that when you are men and women for others, when you give of yourself, when you're always unselfish and you're always giving, Look, it comes back to you. You're not going to be not you taken care of. Expected. You're going to be taken care of. I mean, I've told you about this. I mean, there have been times I didn't know how the hell I was going to pay a bill. Right? Amen. I didn't know how the hell I was going to pay it because I'd given all my money or I'd helped somebody or I'd done something. I'm kicking myself in the butt over it, right? And so he walks in the door somebody who I haven't seen in 10 years and says, I owe you this money from way back when. Would you please take this check and go cash it? You, you miss it, guys. I mean, I, we all do. We don't put the two together. We don't put the two together that these are the gifts coming back to us. We're like, oh, look how lucky I am. You're not lucky. You're blessed. You're blessed. That's it. Okay? All right. It is time. It is time for everybody's favorite part of the service. Announcements. That might be it. I forgot to take that slide out. We had communion last week. Remember? That's why it's on there. My bad. Here it is. Hey, you know it happens. It's a good song. Mm-hmm. All right. I like it now. <laughs> See, it's a pretty song. I like it a lot. Announcements. Okay, let's move right through these. Before I start, please keep uh, Deacon Partain in your prayers. Um, I don't know if any of y'all know. Justin lived with his grandmother, um, so it was just he, her, and him since since her grandfather died. His grandfather died. Um, he works from home. The, the house. I'm I'm a little personal here, but I don't think he'll mind. The house is on a, a reverse mortgage, which is very common with elderly people these days. So he's going to have to find a new place to live and also a new place to work. And at a time when you're grieving, that's difficult. So, you know, keep him in your prayers, please. He he needs it, and 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 just pray for some guidance for him. I think he, he it would be good for him. And he would like to know that y'all are helping him move along with this, get through it. Your support at times like these is really, you, don't, you can't imagine what it is. Just by saying a, a kind word or saying a prayer for somebody, it really is huge. It really is. Okay. All right, here we go. Did you know we had a podcast? We have a podcast? We have a podcast. We have a podcast for, and Justin Partain, for Deacon Partain was one of the reasons we have it. Right? Okay, check out our podcast. I, I say it every week. It, you can catch something different on the podcast than you do watching it on YouTube or anywhere else. Check the podcast out, but on Spotify now, <clears throat> you get the video too, so a little bit different. <clears throat> All right, you might ask, Bishop, well, how do I check out the podcast? Well, it's very simple. You go to your favorite, favorite browser and type in Your Path with Bishop Mark, or you simply go to Alexa and say, Alexa, play Your Path. She will do so. See, I say that now, and when it's playing later on, on, on YouTube, it, Alexa will start playing it. <laughs> anyway, 
Or you can just go check out our, our podcast on one of these wonderful providers. And that's going to be Anchor by Spotify, Stitcher, Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, CastBox, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and TuneIn. Check out our podcast. Almost we're a little over five years now, so we're getting, you know, it's moving right along. Amazon Music. Amazon Music. That's that's one of the newer ones we've got on there. Yeah. Okay. Ooh. Moving on. You know, you can make a difference. We are a 501c3 organization. What does that mean? We're tax deductible. That means if you donate to us, you get some money back. Some money back. Some tax deductions. And that's good. But that's not the reason you donate. We we want you to donate because you believe in our mission here. You believe in what the message we're trying to get out of about God and his unbelievable, all-inclusive love for all of us. And the only way we can do that is through the donations and the tithing of our of our congregants. We need your help. Please consider making a donation to Dallas Universal Life Church. Simply go to DallasULC.com. Right on that website there, there'll be a place that says donate. Click there. It's all secure. It's very easy to do. It's also a place, guys, if you want to tithe online. We don't have really a service here at the church. You can do that. But you can tithe online there through the donations page. If you ever wanted to do that with a credit card or whatever, that's a nice way to do that. Okay. I'm going to be revamping the website in the next month or so. So if it looks a little different than what we're saying now, you'll know why. But I'm, I'm going to do some changes on it and, and probably completely start over with it. We're going to make something really nice again. A little more simple. There's a lot of information I want to get out to people. And, and it's important that I do that. And I feel that like the website's the best way to do that. So there's a lot on there. I just want to kind of maybe declutter it a little bit, make it a little more streamlined. So I'll just let you all know a little prelude to what I'm doing there. Okay, moving on. Now, I get it all the time. Bishop, I love the church. And I want to tithe, and I want to donate, but I don't have any money. I'm broke. Because join the club. I'm broke too. So what do you do? Well, it's very easy. You just come in and volunteer. It's a great way to to meet your tithing requirement, or it's a great way just to come in and, and do something good. There's never enough hours in the day to get anything done here when you get done. We never finish. It's never completely done. There's always something to do. You can go to DallasFieldC.com and click on the volunteer button there. It'll show you some of the positions we have available for volunteers. I know I'm putting you to sleep, Gavin. I'm sorry. sorry. Uh, uh, some, of the, some of the opportunities there for volunteers. If you don't like one there, if you don't see one you like, come on in anyway. We've got plenty to do. Like I said, promise. We have plenty to do. Come on in. DallasFieldC.com. Click on volunteer or just come see me. Okay? All right. Moving on. Let's see if anybody's paying attention. What did that say just before the, right at the very end of that message? Another day. Another day. <laughs> now, what you heard? What it said on the screen? I wash your hands. Wow. Cleanliness is next to godliness. Every week it says it on there. Every week. <laughs> For all of you. All right. What is that? What's that song? How long is that song? Why was it 20 seconds? Right, it kills viruses like 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 the coronavirus, also monkeypox, things like that. Even the common flu. 20 seconds of good cold. soap and water, cold, common cold. Look, there's no cure for the common cold either. It's always going to be around. There's no there's no cure for the flu. There's no clue for the flu. Used to kill people like coronavirus killed 
like the epidemic we had here, okay? There are flu shots that help curve that, but people still die from the flu every year. Understand that. Coronavirus is one of those things that's it's not going to go away, you know, but the pandemic can go away. Wash your hands, continue to practice social distancing, go get your vaccinations, people. I'm so tired of hearing they put microchips in the, in the vaccinations. Oh, Give me a break. I love idiots. You know, look, how much money it would cost just to monitor all these people that you're putting microchips in? Give me a break. Look, you know, you're not that important. You're Seriously, not. you're not that important. Yeah. Is that important to him? He knows every, can count every strand of hair on your head. You're not that important here. Be humble. Okay. Wash your hands. Get vaccinated. Continue to make useful suggesting. And here in church, we do wear a mask right now because it's an elevated level here in Dallas right now. Okay. Another reason, if anybody's wondering why I'm not wearing a mask and why people don't wear a mask when we're talking up here, we are far enough away from each other that we're not having any spittle or anything like that that's affecting anybody. So we make sure that it's safe like that. That's why we we do it that way. Because you can't understand us when we're trying to talk when you got the mask on. So that's why we, we set it up this way to make it a little more comfortable for everybody. Okay, moving on. Just want to let everybody know that because they're like, why aren't you wearing your mask? Pray at DallasVLC.com. Pray at DallasVLC.com. If you have a request for prayer, this is what you need. It's an email address. Very simple. Pray at DallasVLC.com. I'm leaving it at that. Okay. We're not going to watch this again, but this was the... Um, I love this video, though. This is the Walking Dead Alzheimer's video I just did. And we'll bless that. I will put this up here, though. Don't forget. Hey, this is... We're gonna, what's the date today, Gavin? 28th. Anybody? August the 28th, right? Yes. What's next month? September uh, 28th. Okay. Right. That's right. What's the month after that? November. October. We've got to have Halloween now. October and then November. Yes. Now, what's something we're supposed to be doing? If you signed up for the Alzheimer's Walk, that's fantastic. What are you supposed to be doing now that you signed up? Getting donations. Getting donations. Guys, please. Look. <laughs> this is going to sound really petty. Okay, I'm on the planning committee this year. Okay, our team, my team, needs to raise some money. Okay, the last six years, there's only been one or two of us who've had donations. That's fine, guys. I appreciate y'all coming and supporting us, but the whole idea of this, yes, to get the message out about it, to get the people to understand what it is, but more importantly, we're out there to raise money. That's what you're walking for. We're out there to raise money to just try to find a cure for this thing. Please go ask people for donations. You won't believe how many people you talk to who have been touched by Alzheimer's. Almost everybody I know, and probably everybody you know, in some way or another has been touched by this disease. It's got to stop. It's got to stop. I watched my grandmother wither into somebody I didn't even know for the last several years of her life, and it's it's horrible. No, my mom. She did the same. He did the same thing. It's it's not. It's hard on the patient. It, it, the family, it's really hard to watch. This is, you see the person there, you see your loved one, you see their face, right? It's not them anymore, though. It's like a totally different person there. My grandmother's been dead for many years before she died in 2019. She wasn't there anymore. And that's hard. And mine went like that. And, and that happens as well. Sometimes it happens like that. It's like they died twice. Exactly what it is. And it is. It, it's like you lost them once. But you keep going, it's almost like torture. And when you go visit them and they, when my grandmother looked at me and said, she said, I'm your grandmother? And she said, what's your name? 
my grandmother, I was, I was the firstborn grandson in the family. I mean, that's an exalted place in a family, right? And I was treated that way. And then I grew up going to, I mean, my grandmother took care of me as a child, the whole nine yards. She paddled me on the butt. She did all that thing. Taught me to sing how, uh, sing, um, I, I, I can sing a rainbow. You know, she's taught me all those. We were together a lot. And I looked up to her. I looked up to her with, I mean, still do. And for her to look at me and go, who are you? It's got to stop. White flowers. That's what we're looking for. White flowers cure. I don't mean to go on and on and on about it, guys, but look, my, my family hurt because of this, and, and it, it shouldn't have been that way. My grandmother, when she died, her body was completely healthy at 94 years old, 92 years old, completely. She lasted 10 days with no water and no food. Most of us couldn't do that because her body just, she gave up. Her, her, her mind was done. Her body was still there. She could still be out living a wonderful life and helping people and, and being a grandmother still. But this disease took her. And I think that's happened with all, I think all of them are tired at that point. Yeah. I think at that point, that's what happens. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? At that point, their, their mind goes, look, but that's it. Today we celebrate Aunt Patsy. Today is the end of this two-year anniversary of Aunt Patsy's death. She died at about 9 a.m. on the 28th, two years ago. I miss her more than you'll ever know. But she took me to see my grandmother all the time to go for the Alzheimer's. My grandmother had Alzheimer's. Now, you know, and they had their moments when they were younger. They had their their you know cat fights or whatever, whatever jealousies and this that and the other. But and Patsy never let that bother her. Never let it stop her. She from the from the from all the way through the end was there for my grandmother, and that's uh, that's why she was Aunt Patsy to everybody. So just wanted to honor her as well today. Okay, enough of that. Please go if you haven't signed up for the walking into Alzheimer's. Go do so. HTTP colon forward slash forward slash www.act.alz.org slash go to slash Dallas ULC. It's really not that hard. Okay. If you're out there in YouTube land or podcast land or whatever, if you want to join us, please go sign up there. Go join us. Or if you want to make a donation, you can make a donation to the team there as well. We're trying to do some good here, folks. Our, our ministry is, is expanding out to do things like that. We, that's what we do. That's how we help people. Finding those niches where something needs to be done, and that's what we do. Okay? Look at all those pictures of us having a good time. We enjoy it. <laughs> Look at that. We have a good time. <laughs> all right. It's, it's a lot of fun to go. It is. But there is some work that's got to go into it. You've got to raise some money. Please. Okay. Gavin, you're a good fundraiser. I've seen you do it. I know you can do it. Compliments, concerns, suggestions, complaints. Compliments, concerns, suggestions, or complaints. You got one of those, you need one of these folks. It's an email address. Feedback at DallasVLC.com. Pretty self-explanatory. Let's move along. Because the next slide, you're going to like even better. Or just for our dismissal, folks. Well, for this section. Yep. I gotta eat dinner at some point. <laughs> All right. So let's rise for our dismissal, please. I, I can see that we're gonna have to have some tape in your mouth at some point for the end, because at the end of the service, it seems to win when you forget where you are. All right, it's okay. I forgive you. I'm not sure I do yet, but God does. <laughs> Here we go. Having listened to God's words, 